Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I'll share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. You gotta win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime! Boom shakalaka! This league uncut is underway and on fire! This should be a good one. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us for a sure-to-be-good one, a new episode of This League Uncut. Mark Stein and Chris Haynes back with you. CH, before we get into the newsy stuff, I need to hear your NCAA tournament regimen. Uh, my Cal State Fullerton Titans fell one game shy of the tournament, made it last year, fell one game shy, lost the Big West title game to Santa Barbara, which would have been our third trip in the last five Big West tournaments, which which uh, we're not used to going that often. So even having gone twice in the last, you know, twice since 2018 is uh is huge for us. So, but my season ends when the Titan season ends. Are you watching the NCAA tournament closely or like what is uh how do you how do you approach March Madness? No, to answer <laughs> your question. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not watching right now. When it gets to the Sweet 16, that's when I'll start paying attention. But I don't you know, I I, I don't have a routine of filling out a bracket. I probably I probably done that twice and I that might be a stretch. I'm talking about my whole life. Probably done it twice filling out a bracket. I'm not big into it until it gets to the the final stages of the tournament. So um I, I just never been, you know, it, it takes for me, you know, just a fan of basketball. I, I've always been that way even before covering the league. It it takes for me to to know some household names, you know, you, there's, there's the college is not like it was anymore. I think um, a household name now is just a, you know, a top three um, pick potentially playing one year, and you, you know, Zion Williamson. He was probably the last guy that I pretty much paid attention to because there was so much buzz of him in high school. But it's not like, you know, like it was back, you know, when I was in high school. You know, I graduated two thousand, so. You know, I, I grew up Grant Hill, 
you know, that's early junior high for me, Grant Hill. But, you know, these guys that you, you got to see for two, three, four years, and they they built they built a resume and built a following. And it, it's just it just it has it hasn't been like that for a while. And I don't, I don't think it'd ever get back to that point. Uh, not to say that that's bad, but just for me, I just haven't followed college closely since the landscape kind of changed. You know, I wasn't planning to go further in this direction, but as usual, your answer kind of steers me somewhere that I didn't think we would end up. But now that I think about it, like I wear my fandom on my sleeve so much. Cal State Fullerton, Manchester City, the Buffalo Sabres, tennis. Like I'm, I mean, you, you know, pretty well, like all the things that I'm a fan of, but I just like, I don't know any of your fan. Like, are you a Fresno state fan because you grew up there or like, I don't really know. I've never seen you in fan mode now that I think about it. Uh, fan mode. I'm not, look, I don't have a, when I was, I growing up, I liked the 49ers. I'm from Fresno, California, if, if anybody doesn't know by now, but I grew up watching the 49ers. Jerry Rice was my favorite player. But then at a certain point, Terrell Owens became my favorite player. And I followed Terrell Owens when he went to the Niners, then went to the Eagles, then went to the Cowboys, and then unfortunately when he went to the Bengals. And so I, I've never been – and then my NBA team, look, I was a big Jordan fan. I was a big Jordan fan. I can't say I was a big Chicago Bulls fan. But big Jordan fan. But Stein, that window, when he retired uh, for the first time and went on his hiatus to play baseball, again, being from Fresno, we didn't get Laker games on TV. We got Warriors games. And that was the time when Latrell Sprewell emerged with the Warriors and started balling out. And I remember... I became a Sprewell fan because he had the ball head look similar to Jordan. He and, and we got all their games. We got all the Warriors games. And this one, the Warriors were bad. We got all the Warriors games, and I fell in love with Latrell Sprewell. So similar to Latrell Sprewell, when he got into his trouble in Golden State, I followed him to New York. Then I followed him to Minnesota. And so I, I've never been a real fan of a team, per se. And just like with college, like I graduated from Fresno State – you know, I'll, I'll root for them, but, you know, I, I can't say my college fandom to my alma mater is anywhere on par to how you feel about your Cal State Fullerton. But now I'm glad, actually, I I didn't know that Spreewell stuff, and now I'm glad I, I resisted tweeting over the weekend when uh, – because we had, Fullerton had a tough road in the Big West tournament. We had to beat Hawaii for the third time this season. It's never easy to beat a team three times in a row. Then we beat – top-seeded UC Irvine, our hated rivals. And uh, after that game, I was going to tweet, Fullerton star player is Latrell Wrightsell. I was going to do Latrell Wrightsell hmm. greater than Latrell Sprewell. I was going to treat that tweet. I was going to tweet that. But now I'm glad I didn't because you would have been mad at me if I, if, I, <laughs> if I tweeted that. Good call, Stein. Good call, so, man. <laughs> I showed a little bit of restraint. All right, let's get to the real deal. Let's get to the serious stuff. The NBA announces this week that John Morant, eight-game suspension for the incident at the nightclub in Colorado. He's already 
missed six games. The NBA decides that those six games factor in, so he's eligible to return Monday. The league, I'll read direct from the league statement here. The league office conducted an investigation of the March 4th incident. Based on the information obtained during the investigation, the league did not conclude that the gun at issue belonged to Morant, was brought by him into the nightclub, or was displayed by him beyond a brief period. The investigation also did not find that Morant possessed the gun while traveling with the team or in any NBA facility, and the Colorado authorities did not find sufficient cause to charge Morant with the crime. All of that is in the NBA's release for pretty obvious reasons. Uh, they, you know, had any of that happened, what the league laid out there, had this been considered a gun that Ja possessed or that he brought while traveling with the team or brought in the facility. The implication, of course, is that the penalty would have been much more severe. Uh, an eight-game penalty, uh, kind of in line with, with other situations in the past where those violations were not committed. Again, if if the gun goes into an NBA facility, uh, you know, I was incorrect when I recently stated there is a hard and fast rule in the league rules. There is no hard and fast rule, but, you know, obviously I think everyone remembers what happened in the Gilbert Arena situation when guns were in the Wizards facility. So eight-game suspension in the end. I don't think we'll see Job Monday against Dallas. Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach, has basically said that. So we will see John Morant back at some point, probably next week. Uh, the Grizzlies are going to get him back for the stretch run. And really then all eyes are going to be on John Morant and like what he does from here. But, you know, I, I think given the gravity of this situation, you know, for the Grizzlies, th this, this probably ended up, you know, I don't think best case scenario is the right verbiage here, but uh, for this to only be eight games and to get him back before the regular season and to get a chance to try to bring him back into their team, I'm sure the Grizzlies are relieved on a lot of levels. I Well, I guess I would take it a step further, Stan. I do believe this is the base, best case scenario. I do. I understand that they've been struggling without him, which that was expected, and you don't want to miss any time down the stretch with your best player being out but considering the alternative what could have happened if the nba or uh law enforcement were to find that he did um bring that gun into the club or that gun was uh what brought onto nba premises such as a a, a, ch a chartered flight you know there we don't know i don't know if we will see john morant again this season so with all that being said, was I surprised? I wasn't surprised by – I wasn't surprised by the – I thought it would be a little longer. I, I thought well, it would be at least an even 10 games. No. The, what I was surprised is that they counted the games okay. already. I was surprised by that because they never – nobody's ever came out, Grizzlies or the league, and said that those – games were considered a suspension it was a you know he had to get away and handle some business so i was surprised with that um but with all that being said jaz as of right now he's in the clear uh there's been a lot going you know there's been two players that we've talked about 
this season when we're talking about off the court matters. It's been Kyrie Irving and it's been Ja Morant. And so now, Ja, are you going to be able to stop that? You know, these things have kept incidents, alleged incidents have been problematic and they've been serious. They've been really serious. And so I'm hoping that he really took the time to just focus on himself and look inside himself and try to get a gist of what's going on, what's happening, why is he acting out this way? Why 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 are you conducting yourself in this manner? And cuz I want to see him thrive, you know, as a brother, I want to see him thrive on the court, I want to see him thrive off the court. Again, man, I got nothing but love for his pop, T, Uncle Phil over there, man. They, they're they're really good people, really good people. And so they got to they got to conduct themselves in, in in a better fashion moving forward. So again, I I seen some people say, well, it wasn't long enough. You know, now Josh saying he he's he's all right now and he's seen the light. I hope so. I don't know. I hope so. But only time. Yeah, only his actions can prove it. I think he knows it. You know, he gave the interview with Jalen Rose. But I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say people are not going to spend too much time dwelling on what he says and, and really what he does from here. I mean, and look, you know, I, I, I don't want to be ultra, ultra cynical about this, but, you know, coming back before the end of the season is a huge thing for Ja personally because the reality is there's money on the line. I mean, he, if he's not an all NBA player this season, it's, it's approaches $40 million. The difference between the max, the value of his max contract that will start next season, whether he's selected all NBA this season or not. And there is already, there is so much competition at guard, I had I had a lot of names scribbled. I know I'm missing some now because, of course, I can't find that page where I scribbled it. But Luca, Fox, SGA, Donovan Mitchell, Steph, um, you know, Devin Booker with games missed, probably not going to be contending for a guard spot in terms of all NBA. But like I said, I know I'm missing some names. I mean, there you definitely you definitely missing one name. Fix it for me because I'm I'm old and dumb. Dame. Yeah, Dame. So, I mean, there's a... Come on, there's a, It is very crowded in the backcourt and very conceivable that even if John Morant comes back now and plays really well, that he won't get one of those six guard slots on the All-NBA team. And uh, it will be hugely, hugely costly for him if that doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, he now at least gets that opportunity. I, I don't know if there's enough time because, again, you know, all those names, the the guard competition. It's a complicated calculation in the West because it's not just your stats and the talent, but uh, a lot of guys miss games. You know, Steph's missed a lot of games as well, but, you know, Steph is playing ridiculous basketball this season. So should he be an all NBA guy? Um, you know, the Boston, between Tatum and Brown, I think Tatum will end up a front court player, but Brown could be considered a back court player. Uh, you know, positions are a little bit more flexible in the all NBA talk. So, I mean, that, that, you know, we could go on and on and on listing names. 
I just don't know if he's going to get there. And, you know, beyond beyond just the mere finances of it, you know, Memphis is trying to lock up a number two seed. And so we'll see if his return now, is there enough time to do that? And, and, you know, will the Grizzlies start playing? Will the Grizzlies look more like they did in the first half of the season? I'm trying to see how many games Grizzlies have left. They have, let me see. They got 12 games left in the season. John Morant has played in 53. He's going to miss, let me see, the next three for sure. Yeah, because basically Taylor Jenkins has said that that he will not be playing Monday against Dallas. He'll barely approach 60 games. But look, so many guys are in that position. I mean, Luca's now missing yeah. a lot of games. SGA, Steph, uh, you know, where what do we do with De'Aaron Fox? De'Aaron Fox has to be an All NBA player with the way Sacramento is, the season they've had and the clutch play he's delivered. So I mean, it. Hold, all right, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 not uh, let's not run from it then. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go take your head on. You said he has to be? I f- this 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 is a tough. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Hold pick, on. You want to start. You want to nail down six guards on March sixteenth. I'm going to. I'm going to. I can. I think I can nail down some guys that are going to be in it I for just sure. Hope we don't forget anybody. That's. Like, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me. Let me go. Let me go. Hold on. We gonna do this. Let's not run from it. Let's go. Right. Hold on here. So I think. 
I think Luca is a lock for first team. I think Dame is a lock for first team. Man, I okay. <laughs> I can't even use the word locks. I'm I'm willing to say they're among the six. But but okay, all right. Let's stop this. Let's stop. Let, let me let me let me stop that. There, they're among. The, they're guaranteed among yeah. the six. Luca okay. and Dame. Can Five. we agree on that? Donovan Mitchell. Okay. I think Donovan. Donovan Mitchell. Yes, yes. I put him in that boat. That's three. I think SGA gets gets in there as okay, well. That's four. So, so, so far, me and you are on agreement that these four are locks to get in the top six. All right. From there, you got John Morant, De'Aaron Fox. You may, you may be right. I mean, Jalen yeah, Brown Jaylen is right, Brown has right to there. Be in the conversation. I think Book has probably missed too many games, but I mean, when he plays, he's yeah, you know, he's an All NBA player. But I mean, I mean, Book's missed. How many games has he? I mean, he's missed half the season. Yeah, I think for those final two guard spots, you got Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, and John Morant. Anthony yeah, Edwards. Anthony could Edwards. He make a case? That's what I'm saying. Like when you don't have the list could written in front of you, it is yeah. easy to miss. Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's been Minnesota's yeah. best player. Like that's the thing. It is super yeah. crowded. So that's why when you're sitting there going, let's lock this so, in. Let's do it right now. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And then then one more name we got to mention. So we, we mentioned four right there for those two spots. Um, Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, John Morant, Anthony Edwards. Don't forget Stephen yeah. Curry. I mean, Steph has, you know, Steph's missed 26 games, but when he's been on the floor, he's been ridiculous. Then there's guys like, you know, Halliburton and Brunson, you know, Brunson didn't get an all-star Ooh. spot, but I think they at least have to be in the discussion. So like J- James Harden, James Harden, who snubbed from the all-star game. And, you know, he's had a tremendous mm-hmm. year and Philly just keeps winning and winning and winning. So that's what, that's what I'm saying is like, if we really slow down, we can come up with 12 names for six spots. The only reason I wanted to, Go down that list is because you say you think De'Aaron Fox has to get one of those six, and I'm like, I, it's tough. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but ooh, well, that's where that's, that's where like you know again, and and it just everyone does it different. But to me, Fox, you know, because they're winning so many, they're winning so much more than expected. I mean, we're taping this on Thursday night, entering Thursday night's play, Sacramento Kings tied for the number two seed in the West, but nobody expected. And yes, injuries throughout the West have certainly factored in, but like his great play has, has, has directly led to winning. So I, you know, that is, that is a factor to me. And that's why I think like it would be, you know, it it will be disappointing if, if Fox isn't on there, you know, is there room for Fox and Sabonis? Do the Kings deserve two all NBA guys? If they finish second in the West, I would say yes. If they finish second in the West, you would say yes. So all NBA, give me I, – I keep forgetting the criteria. Do they require that you have a center or it's just three front court They players? do require that you have a center, but they're very, very lenient on how you do the positions. So like yeah. um, la- if I remember right, you know, basically you can put Jokic and Embiid or – 
you could put Jokic and Embiid on the first team together when they're both, you know, when they're really both centers. You can put one yeah. in forward. Yeah. And I'm, I know a lot of people wouldn't like that, but I'm for that because in the case of Joel Embiid, didn't he experience that last year where Joker got the Right, MVP and that's where, so. Embiid so was second, he was runner up put, the MVP, the second team. Look, the, at the top of the MVP race, and Embiid, it appears that Embiid is inching past Jokic after Jokic was in the lead for quite a quite a while. My my kind of MVP discussion has really been: let's just make sure we note that this is a three man race. Jokic, Embiid, Giannis. The three of them have separated themselves in the field. So let's. Jason Tatum would like well, to have a word with you, Stein. If you put, you could put Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid on the first team All NBA. And that probably knocks Tatum off the first team. So, yeah, I mean, he could get bumped out of two different conversations, which, I'm, you know, will enrage people in Boston and Bill Simmons. So it's not it's not a it's not a perfect system, but I don't have a problem with being able to. Just, hey, if your all NBA team is all centers and those are the top those centers are the top five in the MB, in the MVP race. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't have a problem with it because I, I think it, I think it looks dumb personally to have a second a person that finishes second in MVP ends up on second or third All NBA team. And then my my I, counter to that has been this has been happening since the days of Wilt and Russell. That one of I, Bill Russell won all the rings, but you should go back and see how many times he was bumped to second team because Wilt would get first team All NBA. So like. I, all NBA to me has, you know, as long as you're on the 15, I mean, to me, that's generally, you know, that's the, that's the important thing to, you know, from my vantage point, of course, I'm not one of those players who it affects, but all NBA discussion has just gotten so crazy because contract bonuses are tied to it. Like we said, you know, jo whether John Morant is one of the 15 guys on the all NBA team at season's end it's going to impact him in a massive, massive way financially to the tune of nearly $40 million. So all NBA has just, the discussion has gotten so much more heated because of what's on the line financially. Stein, I would like to jump in right here. And we've, we've received a few complaints, Stein. I think it's time for me to <laughs> say this and address it. We've received a few complaints since we launched our podcast. And these complaints are valid. They are very valid. And the blame is with me. I've been the problem. I've been the problem all season long. So I will say this. For the people who have been complaining about this issue, I hope you are enjoying this podcast because you have not experienced that issue in this episode. And I hope to continue this throughout the rest of this regular season. What they, what people, for Stein, to tell people what they've been complaining about, Stein. We've been getting complaints about my fire alarm buzzer going off. What is it? It's the fire. What is it called? Yeah, the fire, fire alarm. Um, Your fire alarm. Yeah, the beep, fire alarm. The, uh, the warning beep. But you know what's crazy? The you warning know what's crazy? beep. Yeah, to change your battery. But here's what's crazy. I didn't hear. I didn't hear it at all. It was the last episode. See, I'm going to tell you this. That people said. Hey guys, great pod, but uh, be sure to change your fire alarm battery. I didn't know what they, <laughs> I didn't know what they're talking about. Listen, check this out. You know, you know, you know. I can't 
think of any other uh, example, but I'm pretty sure you can relate and everybody else listening can relate. You know, you never know there's a problem until somebody points it out to you. And then when they point it out, then it's really a problem. Like, cause now you notice it. Like, so this fire alarm that I've been getting this beat for months, months. I've lived with it. I've never, it's never been a problem. Like, I don't even think I really noticed it. And so then I, when you sent me that tweet about somebody, a couple of people complained about it. Then all of a sudden I couldn't sleep, Stein. I couldn't sleep. The buzzer was like hitting my ear. I couldn't sleep. But for the all, all the other months, I was sleeping peacefully. No problem at all. Didn't even recognize it. So you know what? I said, we're going to be a podcast show that listens to its fans. We're going to listen to it. So I got up there, got the ladder, changed the battery, and you're not hearing anything. You're not hearing anything. So I hope the fans appreciate where we're going with this and appreciate the effort we put into minimizing and limiting limiting noise. We should have got some video of you on that ladder. Like I said, I'm more worried that I never heard an ounce. I never heard a peep. And then the next morning, there's all these tweets. Hey, guys. Somebody changed the battery on your fire alarm. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> now, if we're being totally honest, I've eliminated the noise, but I haven't completely solved the problem. I just took it apart right now. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to change the battery. So I said, at least let me just well, take it apart so my listeners can hear. Here, well, I just hope I don't have a real fire emergency right now where my alarms won't go off. Smoke alarm. Just even, we didn't even, we didn't yeah, even get that alarm. right. Ryan Music. Smoke alarm. Producer Ryan smoke made sure alarm. to say that it's a smoke alarm. Well, if we're being totally, totally, totally honest now, <laughs> in my house, yeah, I don't even know how to fix them. Mrs. That, Mrs. Stein is the expert on fixing those, not me. So, hey, you, you know your role. You know your role. So when the That's ladder fine. comes out. She's the one who fixes it because I still haven't learned how to do it. So, so there you go. Yeah, the smoke alarm. Hold, on, I got another another um complaint, Stein. You didn't see this one coming. Again, we're a show that listens to uh, listen to our fans. So, this is a woman who I respect, admire. She's followed me since my days covering the Warriors. She listens to every podcast. Every podcast, uh. Because every after every podcast, she sends me a, a message, just you know, telling me what she thought about what I said. And so she did that when I had my own podcast. Now she continues to do this uh, with this podcast. Stein, she had a problem with you. Her name, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name, but her first name is Jenny, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right, Maliki. But before before I get into her complaint, Stein, she is an extraordinary baker she bakes she's a professional baker in the san francisco area she sent me a couple apple pies please go follow her um on instagram buttercup baking follow her on instagram buttercup baking all your baking needs she does it all cookies pies whatever she's awesome but anyway stein after last episode when we were talking about parody and you were putting down the Western Conference, saying that this field is the the, the play is, is lesser than what it used to be. And I said, I think it's parody. So here's Jenny with her response to me, excuse me, when she hit me up after listening to our pod. 
Stein's ill-conceived notion that parity in the Western Conference means all the top West teams are mediocre. Is he watching the games or watching tennis? You know how long I've been an NBA fan? Since 1973. And I've been saying this has been the most entertaining season so far. Guys are playing hard. Records are being broken every week. Tell Stein he needs to invest in League Pass. I think it's on sale by now. Damn. So I told her I would relay the message. I don't think she knew I was going to relay it during the pod. But I said, why not? Since we're giving giving our listeners a platform. Stein, what do you say to that, Stein? Everybody is entitled to their view and opinion. And, you know, if she's been watching the NBA since 73, she's been watching four or five years longer than me. Uh, I would just say, though, like I said, this is not a knock. I mean, look, the talent in the West, especially after the trade deadline, you know, we saw Durant and Kyrie Irving get traded to the West. Individual player-wise, the West is overflowing with talent. But again, every West team you can name, including now Denver, which their defense has gone south, and they're in the midst of their longest losing streak of the season. As we're recording this, I mean, the reality is the three title favorites in the NBA right now are all in the East. And we, we, we are only on pace to see one or two 50 win teams in the West. And so I don't see how you can argue with the math. I mean, the, we are just seeing, you know, since Michael Jordan's second retirement in Chicago, the West has been filled with great, great teams. So I'm not saying it's not entertaining. I'm not saying it's not interesting. Certainly every single night. And I mean, I saw, I saw our old buddy, John Hollinger, you know, he, the same day that I came out and said, this is the most mediocre West. And I came on here and said, am I too old to say mid? This is the most Midwest I've ever seen. You know, John, (laughs) John wrote a piece that said it's the most, it's the most intriguing and interesting West he's ever seen. But to me, the fact that all these teams are bunched at 500, you know, the Warriors can't win a road game. The Mavs haven't been able to get Luka and Kyrie on the court together. Uh, You know, Minnesota, we haven't seen Carl Anthony Towns since November, and they continue to be a a 500 team. The Clippers, very up and down, just on and on and on. uh, That after, you know, and again, Denver has been sucked into it. So I guess that's my long-winded way of saying I'm not ready to agree with Jenny, even though she's got me beat on uh, an a seniority in observance by five years. And, and, and I'm glad you you answered it like that, Stein, because she's been a professional baker in the San Francisco area, the Bay Area, for 30, 30 years, approaching 30 years. Her stuff is good. So even if you did disagree, Stein, you would not want to disagree that vehemently publicly because you need to taste what she got going on. You got we you we you gotta taste these pies, these cookies. Stein. She knows what she no, knows what she's doing. Again, you got the you got your own her. you got your own personal baker hookup. <laughs> why am I not why am I not surprised? Stein, listen, you you know the way to a man's heart. I don't know if this that, that way is still true today. Because I think, you know, I, I ain't gonna go there. But it's still that's still the way to my heart. Food. Food. That is definitely the way to my heart. Jenny, I appreciate you. Again, follow her on IG, buttercup underscore baking. Go go check her out.
Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There is one more subject that I did want to hit with you before we go, um, because I, I was really interested by this. Because the truth is, and again, I do, I do not want to... Damian Lillard, your guy, had some really interesting comments on J.J. Reddick's podcast recently. But I do want to point out that he did kind of say something similar with us when he appeared during All-Star Weekend. So um, I just, I you know, look, you are you are the NBA's foremost Dameologist. So I wanted to kind of uh, get your take on all this. So um, first, I'm going to read what he said on JJ's pod. And so let me, let me read that first quote. The NBA I play in now is not the NBA that I came into. I feel like I play for the love of the game. I want the competition. I want to know what it feels like to win. I want to see my teammates do well. I want to see my teammates get paid. I enjoy the bonding part of it, but now it's like that don't count. Regular season don't count. Get a ring. Now I want to, rewind to this pod that we we dropped right after the all-star game dame taped this with us the morning of the three-point contest and went out and won the three-point contest hours after this discussion here's what he said along the same lines with us the way the game has changed i think it's become much more common to just like oh you need a ring you know, I think it's a lot of outside pressure. You need a ring. You got to win the championship. You know, it's tough out here. You know, it's tough in the league right now, um, especially 
with uh, the access people have to us through social media, how often, you know, they discuss every little thing on TV. Uh, so it just comes with a lot of uh, a lot of heat. You know, we under a microscope as far as, you know, what other people think of it. So I think that leads guys to feeling like I got to do what I got to do to win. Honestly, I think a lot of people just love to to see things just get mixed up. You know, they love the drama. And, you know, then once it happened and they die off of it, and then it's like on to the next thing. But I, I just understand that nobody's going to have to walk in my shoes or live with any other consequences or anything. I never let that way into any decision or how I feel about it. You know, it does get irritating sometimes. It's like everybody's telling me what I need to do and what I should do as if they actually care. You know what I mean? They say it from a place as if they actually care when I know they don't. So kudos to Jenny the Baker's favorite NBA scribe, Chris Haynes, because he's the one who arranged for Dane to talk to us from All-Star Weekend on his way to a morning practice hours before he won the three-point contest. Um, but you know, he, he said, he said what he said to JJ as well on, on, on the Reddick pod. And that line got a lot of traction. The NBA I play in now is not the NBA I came into CH. What did you, you know, what did you kind of think when you heard that quote make the rounds this week? I think what Dame is talking about is the fact that how we're, what it seems like we're wiping away the regular season we're wiping away the journey and you know in his in his situation it's been like this for the last it's like that i don't know half a decade with him where people want him to hurry up and jump ship and it's it's almost as if they're saying we're not paying attention to you we're not acknowledging you until you get on a championship team therefore everything you do right now in Portland will be as if you're doing it under a rock where nobody can see. And it's, it's, you know, it's not validating them. I think that's, you know, I think that's, I think social media has something to do with that where I know a lot of people feel social media has ruined the NBA. Um, You know, we're, we're talking about social media and, and then, you know, people may say that we have a role. Stein is being insiders. We have a role in that where we're talking a lot about what a player is going to do. You know, what's going to happen in the offseason? What's going to happen at the trade deadline? Who needs to be moved? Who needs to be cut? Rarely we're talking about what players are doing or what teams are doing on the court. And I know that's me and Kevin Durant have multiple conversations about that he feels the same way and he was somebody who who did a, a hat tip um, to dame's comment to J, to jj so i think that's what he's talking about it's like nobody's really paying attention to the performances out here you know somebody can have 50 points right so take dame he can have 50 points or that 71 point game he has then the next day they're not necessarily just talking about dame going off of 71, they're talking about does Dame need to move on to somewhere else to be acknowledged, to be recognized. And it, it, it takes away from what that individual did in the game. It takes away from the teammates that helped set you up to have that monster performance. And it's all about talking about where he should go, what he should do. Same, same with KD same situation so i think that's what it that's what he means by that it's like we 
it's almost and I, I don't say I, I don't think everybody feels that way, obviously, but th- there are a lot of casual NBA fans who just go off of storylines and don't look at hoops. And then if you're judging strictly by social media, then you may find on social media that most of them probably just look at the storylines themselves. And so that's why social media is not always, not always a judge of what is truly happening. But I think that's what Dane meant probably in his totality when he, when he had those remarks, yeah. if that makes and sense. And I guess I w- my kind of my reaction to it is the reality is to me, you know, this is my 30th season. I think this conversation has always been there. Like it's when I started in the nineties, there was tons of discussion about Patrick Ewing hasn't won a ring. Charles Barkley hasn't won a ring. John Stockton and Carl Malone hasn't won a ring. And then, you know, my formative years in this job, you know, you, you know, I always say Dame is your Dirk. I mean, I watched Dirk Nowitzki for the first 10 years of his career be called soft, not tough enough, European, can't lead a team to a championship, can't do it on the big stage. And then Dallas wins it in 2011 and it totally changes the, the way Dirk is perceived and Dirk instantly became a beloved figure when the truth is he was a great, great player for years before that championship. 2006, there is no question the Dallas Mavericks unraveled in spectacular fashion in those finals when they blew a 2-0 lead to Miami. But two rounds before, for me, still the best playoff series I have personally personally covered start to finish, game one to game seven, the way Dirk Nowitzki played in San Antonio on Tim Duncan's floor and Dallas wins a game seven in overtime against San Antonio. Another one, 2009, nobody even talks about this when they go back and Dirk's legacy. Dirk was on probably the worst Mavs team he'd been on for years. They're playing a super rugged, physical Denver team that just had all kinds of really tough, defensive-minded bigs to help out Carmelo Anthony. And Dirk Nowitzki in that series against Denver, a first-round loss, and amidst some real personal turmoil, the numbers that Dirk put up in that series were just jaw-dropping. So, I mean, this guy was a great, great player before the champ- before Dallas won that championship. And I see a lot of similarities between what his first 10 years like and a lot of the noise around Dame. But I, I think the difference Dame is talking about, what it really is, is the noise level. It's just Dame came, Dame's first year was 11-12, is that right? 12-13. 12, so 13. in this last decade, it's the it's the rise of social media, it's the way TV has changed. That you know, even my last few years at ESPN, fifteen, the t- 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 17, there were so many sports centers in a day. And those three years, I was embedded with the Warriors, and I was on so much. So many of those sports centers have been shoved aside by your first takes and your you know those discussion shows that. You know, so, you know, just the noise about legacy and about guys' careers and, you know, do they need a ring, all that discussion. It's really, that's what's really exploded in, you know, over the course of Dame's career. And I think that's why 
he's felt it so acutely just because the noise levels, the ring conversation has been there, like I said, since I can remember. Clyde Drexler in Portland is another guy who who had to hear it for years and years and years until he got traded to Houston and got to win one alongside alongside Akeem Olajuwon. But that ring noise, the ring discussion has been there. It's just this last decade, the volume of it has just gone to insane levels and only seem to rise. So it was actually really good to hear when when Dame was speaking with with JJ Redick that he you know he said real life he's so into his real life that it enables him to tune out the noise because the noise has got to be really really annoying. Yeah, it, so I I will say the noise level we have you know you have the talk shows the national talk shows who have these discussions, these topics that don't necessarily pertain to what he or any other players is doing in that particular game. It's, it's always about what that player needs to do to solidify his legacy. But I think social media, the noise in social media is so, because players live in social media. And so that is a noise that, you know, when you came into the league, Stein, players didn't have to deal with that. Like, think about this. If you were a player, say you're Michael Jordan, right? You're Michael Jordan. And I'm a fan. Say I'm a fan of Michael Jordan. If I wanted to try to reach Michael Jordan, first of all, I, we, we we was, you know, we were poor. We weren't getting any tickets. But if I want to try to reach with him, I would write him a letter and send it via mail. And what's the chance of Michael Jordan reading my letter of the millions? That, Jordan ain't reading that. So you couldn't get to him. So players back in those days, not just players, stars, movie stars or whatever, you had people around you that would kind of fill you in on just how people feel about you. You know, just 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 check the vibe around the world about what they're saying about you, your brand. And whatever your people told you, you believed it and you'd be like, it was okay. But you didn't have to deal with hearing Joe Smo in Minnesota Ben Bruce in Miami, or you, you didn't hear that type of stuff. You know, you didn't have, you weren't bothered by it. And and those are the people, those are the same people, the same people that would try to get at you back in the day, but they couldn't. If they saw you in person, they wouldn't do anything but ask for an autograph or a picture. But the noise of today where they can actually get to you, they can actually hop in your mentions, they can hop in your DMs, they can talk all that shit they can talk all of it to you and these players they see it they, they live in it and it, it gets into them and that's why i think you know there's a you know we're having a lot of you know, have a lot of uh, players with issues with uh depression a- anxiety you know all this social media plays a big part plays a big part in that and um it, it's tough it's just a different era it's a different era what these players are playing amongst and um, it's it's in a lot of ways it's very it's very much tougher. And I know a lot of older guys don't like to hear that. Oh, we have to, it's a different animal. It's a di- Charles Barkley will not get on social media because he know it's going to trigger something. And he's going to go off on you and say something, tweet something at you. So he he was advised not to get on social media, and he is fine with that. So I think that's why that's another big reason why the noise is louder today. Yeah, look, I got to, and you know, I'm by no means innocent here. I'm guilty too. I look at the standings. I see where Portland is. And my instinct automatically is Dame has got to be miserable. The guy is playing. He's maybe having his best statistical season individually. And 
they are, you know, entering Thursday night's play. They were two and a half games out of a play in spot and having lost four in a row and, and heading in the wrong direction. And it just seems like it's, it's just sad that Dame has come out of the surgery as well as he has playing just absolutely fantastic, just an offensive Marvel. And, you know, they, you know, they thought they had upgraded the team around him and uh, they're, they're, they're more than a move or two away the way this looks right now. So, I mean, I do it too. And, you know, I don't know him like you do. So it sounds like when you listen, you listen to him with us, you listen to him with JJ Reddick and I, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's a great skill for him if he can tune out the noise because a lot of people are wondering. Okay. 13 games left for the Portland Trail Blazers. They are, see, two and a half games back of the final play-in spot. It's not looking good for them right now. Dame is doing his thing. It's team-wise, they still, I mean, new GM, but still facing some of the same obstacles of not having uh, not having the pieces needed to, to be a real threat. So I'll say this. Dame has about, I'm going to say, he got a, probably about five or six more games left before Portland probably shuts him down for the season. There's, there's no use of playing the duration of these games. So look out for that. Things keep – these next five, six games, they they keep struggling. I, I would suspect – And he's going to be okay with that? Because, I mean, he's really been up. fighting that notion of playing for draft. I mean, he's going to have to – he's going to have to be okay if they're not – if they're not in contention to, to jump in that play in. You know, at that point, it's not – it's it's probably not worth it. So that's why I'm saying these next five six games, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can make some ground. If they don't make any ground, then I think you got to pull the plug. I think that's what's going to happen if the results uh, are not that good. All right. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. As usual, we went in some surprising directions that I did not anticipate. But that's uh, that is Chris Haynes' particular talent. He gets me. I like to map it out, and he likes to get me off the map. So there you go, everybody. We will be back very, very soon. Back with our usual Monday morning episode. We do plan to tape Sunday night, get back on our usual schedule. In the meantime, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe. So this league uncut comes right to your phone directly and promptly. Chris and I back with you in just a couple days. Hopefully, This is plenty of good weekend hoop listening for you. Be good, everybody. Talk soon. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein! Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.